uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. And welcome back to each and every one of you. We're glad you've joined us for this episode of Faith in Your Recovery. We're going to handle things a little differently today. We're going to talk to you about the book that we have ready. It's titled Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis. As we speak, it's now available on Amazon We will have it in our hands on or before July 18. Get on there and get a copy or contact our office. And as of July 18, we can help fill that order. But we want to give you, if you'll pardon the expression, a little bit of an infomercial and information even more so concerning Volume 1. One of the goals and purposes of our book is to help in the battle of of breaking the bias, stopping the stigma held against those in recovery. We believe with all of our hearts, hashtag addicts do recovery. Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis is one more way for those who battle addiction to have a voice. We often take that away from them, to share their pain. We fail to let that happen because it hurts us too much to listen. And they want to prove And we've seen it over and over that they have a future. We know recovery is not a single path. There are many options. We're we're simply sharing some that have worked successfully for others. Keep searching. There's a way out. There's a journey with your name on it. Stymied and don't know where to turn? Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis can help you with that. It's a great starting point and shares with you how others have dealt with their personal battle or that battle of loved ones. It's a resource and it's hope on a page so you don't have to go it alone. As you well know, A Better Life, Brianna's Hope shared faith in your recovery podcast for nearly 90, wow, 90 weekly episodes. More than once, we've, we've broken into the top 100 of all not-for-profit podcasts in the United States, according to podstatus.com. As a fruit of these episodes dealing with all things recovery, we've claimed the opportunity to share our stories in an additional way. It's an effort that we believe will reach those that won't listen to podcasts. So, as I've said... The book, titled Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis, is a tool you may, I am sure, you'll want to get. The book is a collection of several of our most popular podcasts, about a 153-page go-to resource for those that suffer substance use disorder, addiction, or have a loved one that does. There are many times we find ourselves in the battle and have the idea we're alone. As futile as that struggle seems, there is hope. There is help. First, we believe God is the answer. But before many of us will submit to him, we try it on our own. 
Dr. Phil would want to ask, how's that working for you? I'm going to guess not very well. We believe our book can and will bridge the gap between the struggle and the recovery where we consider ourselves a bridge to success. We know. We've seen it. I could give you names. Addicts do recover. But understand something. Recovery is not a gift. It's a job that requires 24-7, 365, not just for the next six months or six years, but for the rest of your life. So here's a brief overview of the book. Chapter one of Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis tells you who Brianna was and who a better life Brianna's hope is. We want you to understand our beginning and who we are. We want to build your trust and let you know we come from many diverse experiences, efforts, a lot of trial and error. After eight and a half years of fighting the battle against addiction, we've had many victories and our share of losses as well. We've had our own moments of of making a difference in times of wondering, do we really matter? We fully and totally believe we've changed the recovery horizon and we continue to provide hope. The chapter includes the basic design of one of our support group meetings, Brianna's prayer that I'll share with you now. This was a prayer located three days before her body was. And here's what Brianna wrote. Please, Lord, look after me and my family. Please help me to do the right thing and to show people I'm not a bad person inside or out. And help me, Lord, to get through this disappointment again and know I make mistakes, but who doesn't? I don't do it to do wrong. I do it because I feel I have no other choice. I want a better life, Lord, I do. Please help me. Do to me is what you feel is best. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What a prayer. Then chapter 2. It's the story of a gentleman by the name of Dan Watson. Dan Watson is well known in our area. He's a great guy. His subtitle of that chapter is, If I'd Only Known. Dan shares his story of a parent's nightmare. A husband, father of three, Dan shares the story of hurt, futility, loss, and pain. Two of Dan's three children have fought the monster, addiction. He and Kelly's son, Justin, lost his battle in life to drugs within days of the birth of Justin's only son. The letter written by Justin and inserted into our book and found by law enforcement is one of those pieces that might not mean as much to you, but to Justin's parents, it's one of the valued pieces of Justin's past, one you couldn't buy. Dan and his wife are thankful that their daughter's now doing great and racking up considerable clean time. The verse we've chosen for that chapter comes from 1 Peter 5.10, where it says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, 
and steadfast. Now hold on as I explain chapters 3 and 4 because they directly relate to chapter 2. I'll try to explain that. Chapter 3, the young lady's name is Lindsay Cochran. Subtitle for her chapter is Not Again, God. Not Again. Lindsay was was engaged to Justin from the earlier chapter when he overdosed and died. Together, they had a child. Following Justin's death, Lindsay's first husband, Daniel, also passed from an overdose. Lindsay shares what it was like dealing with two significant losses. She still struggles, but she's come a long way in dealing with her grief. You'll need to read her story of overcoming. It's proof. It's proof. It can be done. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And then chapter 4, Lily, Lily Rogers. She says, I just wanted a dad. Now, let me try to put this puzzle together. Lily is the daughter of Lindsay from chapter 3, who was the fiancé of Justin, the son of Dan, who passed away overdose. I know that's hard to follow. By the book, you can follow it quite easily, and it'd be much better than I just explained it. But Lily tells a story of two significant personal losses. The first was her bonus dad to be Justin. The second, her biological father, Daniel. Reader's story of confusion, chaos, and loss. Her personal battle with feelings and emotions. When we interviewed Lily, she was like 16 years old, and all this occurred, I believe she was about 14. But you'll want to, you'll want to check that out. It's a must-read for any young person that has lost a parent to drugs or has one struggling with drugs. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In chapter 5, dear friend of mine, R.J. Pittman, R.J. says, I never really got to be a kid. Here's a brief on R.J., he was using marijuana by the age of 12, cocaine by the time he was 14, quit school at 16, spent his 18th birthday in jail, and will tell you he lost his 20s to incarceration. His life had spiraled out of control as drugs took over. But through prayer, a connection with God, involvement in recovery rooms, he's made him dramatic turnaround gone from user to leader. He will tell you, God's got this. Proverbs 25, 28, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And in chapter 6, Tyler Miller, Tyler says, I'm not using again, period. A self-proclaimed weekend warrior that digressed into a daily user, struggled with lack of self-worth and abandonment issues. His choice of friends wasn't the best, but at least they accepted him. After multiple day blackouts, 
He finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired and chose to seek and receive help. Today, he's been in recovery over two years and is presently leading a chapter of a better life, bringing a hope and living a better life. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Then chapter 7, Jackie Sheridan. Jackie says, If you let me survive this, I'll never touch drugs again. She's talking to God, okay? Jackie grew up in a home where drugs were dealt over the kitchen table and readily available. After surviving a personal experience with laced marijuana, she vowed to break the generational curse of family drug use. She was able to survive the grip. Her brother, Gary, wasn't as fortunate at doing as he died an overdose death. Her retelling of his story is, you've got to read this. It's, it's certainly one of my favorites of all of those that I've dealt with, and I've heard Jackie share this story over and over. And she is living proof of Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And finally, from volume one, our final chapter, chapter eight, Courtney Thompson. Now, I realize I don't have to be drunk to have a good time. Courtney began drinking at the age of nine and was a full-blown alcoholic by the age of 14. She grew up in an abusive home. Her pain found relief in alcohol. Then not wanting to live, she drank to speed up the process. Uh, there's, There's victories here. Read about them. Celebrate them. Understand, as I've already mentioned to you, your book is presently available on Amazon at $15.95 plus tax and shipping and all that goes with an Amazon purchase. You can reach our ABLBH website at ablbh.org. Uh, email us at info at ablbh. You can get on our podcast, a podcast at ablbh.org, our book website, recoveryconversations.org, or call our office, 260-766-2006. Our book, and we're just going to we're going to have a guest here for a few moments in just a moment, was published by Happy Al Publishing, LLC of North Carolina. Our editing and design was Jim Upchurch, also of North Carolina. And our cover artwork, Lay from Hawaii, Natalie Haymore. I so appreciate the team that's helped us with this. So now I'm going to take time to interview our publisher, Melissa Davis, just to make things clear. Melissa is my daughter-in-law, so understand that, please, okay? And I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of that fact. We're thankful to have with us today our publisher of our book, Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis. Her name, yeah, it's my daughter-in-law. If you recognize a similar last name, it's Melissa Davis. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, Randy. 
Good to have you with us. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Give them a quick bio, tell them where you're from, and we'll go from there. Okay, great. Um, Okay, so I was born um, in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, began to move around very regularly with my father, who was in the Army. So we moved all the time when I was growing up, and I finally settled down in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and became a teacher here. Um, Ran across this guy at school that was also teaching in the same school, and uh, you may have heard of his name before. It's Grady Davis. Um, Fell madly in love, and we got married. How long ago Um, was that, Melissa? (laughs) Uh, Oh, goodness. So July... 17th will be 19 years we got married. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, July is an exciting month for us. All right. um, Continued to teach and even did some administration for a little while. Did that for about 22 years. And then um, have recently been focusing more just on writing and publishing, uh, you know, following my dream here. So do you have any children? I do, indeed. Um, So we have three kids. I've got Tyler. Uh, He recently got married. His wife is state, and they gave us our first grandchild, Mason. Our first Um, great-grandchild? Yes, your first great. And then we've got Tinley. She is 17 years old. She just graduated from high school, and she'll start NC State this fall. And then we have Addison, who's 14, and she is going to be a sophomore in high school this year. So Some of um, my favorite people. <laughs> mine, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Melissa, why did you get into publishing? What was the draw that, uh, yeah, made you want to go in that direction? Well, back in a long time ago, so 2009, I came up with this idea for a book that I wanted to write. Um, I actually began writing books when I was in first grade. So as I grew older and then especially with teaching and using books, you know, with my lessons, I just always thought, you know, I really, really want to write a book. And I learned as I was writing my first book back in 2009, I learned the process of publishing by just being in it. And then I thought, you know, I could do some of these things. Um, and I began to research it and learn how. So you're self-taught basically yeah, for yeah. publishing goes. I am. I am. But now all of the books that I um, create are published through my own publishing company well, now. So tell, tell the folks about those books and give them the name of your publishing company and how to contact you. Oh, sure. Okay, so the publishing company is Happy Owl Publishing. Um, They can contact me if they ever are interested in creating a book. I'll give you a free consultation. I can show you some things, and then if you want me to help you further, we can talk about that. But my email is mdavis732 at gmail.com. I started my book out of my desire to help students who were military. Um, As I did, these kids move around a lot. 
remember, and folks, Melissa is an army child herself, okay? Exactly. And I can remember when we would get orders to go to a new army post, there would come a welcome packet in the mail, and it would contain all sorts of information. But all of that information was for my parents. And um, when I thought about what sort of book I wanted to write, I, I knew there was a need for those welcome packets to contain a book for kids to get them excited about where they're moving. So the idea came up of doing space-specific or post-specific relocation children's books. And I'm on my sixth one. But they all start with the words, home is where. And so, like, my most recent book is Home is Where the Army Sends You, Fort Liberty, North Carolina. Explain Fort Liberty for those who may not know. (laughs) Fort Liberty is actually Fort Bragg. And uh, I think it was about a year ago or 18 months ago, there was a list of eight or nine military installations that received new names, and Fort Bragg was one of those. And so our new name is Fort Liberty now. So when you hear Fort Liberty, it means Fort Bragg. Um, so that is in Fayetteville, North Carolina, correct? And uh-huh. that's, that's the area where you live. the airborne. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so when with the Home is, Home is Where book, yes. we are trying to continue to grow and make them for all the different installations. <clears throat> so we've got, I guess since the first one was Fort Bragg, but we had to rebrand it for Fort Liberty. So we actually have five installations covered right now. And um, they can see those if they go to homeiswherebooks.com. So if any of your listeners know someone in the military and they want to see what we have out there, I'd love for them to take a look. Oh, I'll tell you, I've looked at the books. You've sent us several. Folks, they're interesting. They give your your children a lot of extra knowledge that they wouldn't know until they had been there for some time. So this gives them a heads up on that, hopefully makes them feel at home much quicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's is there, the goal. Is there anything else you want to add about the book, Melissa? No, just it's not only for military children. Um, You know, kids love to learn about places, people, places, things. It doesn't matter if they're there or they're not there. So I don't want to limit my audience to only military kids. Anyone who wants to know about North Carolina or the Fayetteville area, this is a great book. Well, Um, and it's filled with questions along the way on different pages and at the end. mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, it's a good piece for geographical knowledge and, of course, a lot of the young guys. And I'm not leaving out the gals. I just don't know them as well. They're they're enthralled with the military. And this just gives them some great information. Awesome. Yeah. So, why would you choose to go from publishing children's books to a book like ours? Let me tell the folks what our book is about so anybody who hasn't heard can know before you start, so I'll kind of interrupt you before you start. Once again, 
It's Recovery Conversations with Randy Davis. It is a collection of transcribed podcasts that have been the most listened to, our favorite. And these podcasts deal with all things recovery. Please understand that. All things recovery. And we try to hit it from every angle possible because we recognize and realize the addiction issues in our country. Uh, it's pandemic in and of itself. And it's, you know, it's just very disheartening the names you read in your local paper. And we've gotten to the point today where we'll even label it being a mental health related or an addiction related death which I think is true growth as a society. But we want to help put a, put a hiatus on that. We want to help break the bias, stop the stigma. So why would you go from writing these innocent children's books to, to publishing and sharing a book such as ours on a subject such as ours? Well, first off, the idea for this book was fabulous. The, the minute that I heard the idea, I wanted to publish the book. Um, I think that it is needed. It is so, so important. Um, the podcast that you guys do, your Faith in, in Your Recovery podcast, is powerful, truly powerful. However, I think that there is probably an audience out there that never gets access to that because for whatever reason, maybe they don't know how to download a podcast or maybe they don't have access to a podcast. Maybe if they're incarcerated, I don't know, you know, the reason why maybe someone might not have an opportunity to listen to a podcast, but I think that everyone should be able to access these stories. Um, so, yeah, like it, there was not a question in my mind I wanted to be involved in this. I think that it's something that's helping, um, especially knowing that it's a nonprofit organization. The proceeds from this is going to go, you know, that's going to go help people. Absolutely. The content, the content itself is going to help people. It's just a, a labor of love. It's a, I'm so proud to be a part of, of this. Um, book well, and yes, it's different than the children's books, but it's very, very important, and I'm fascinated with it. And um, I, you know, it's I important want... for our children. Uh, you know, sure. if mom and dad will take better care and try to deal with their situation at hand, that child has a chance of a much brighter future. And it's a little bit of an off connection, but where I live, there are a lot of veterans, obviously, being right here near Fort Bragg, Fort Liberty. Um, and, and many of them have gone through things that we cannot even imagine. Uh, and some of them use those traumas. Um, they treat those traumas in ways that are, you know, with, with substances or with addiction. Exactly. So there is a great need especially, you know, in my area, um, for this as well. So this is not just localized there to where the ABLBH, you know, chapters are mostly found, but this is something that can go 
all the way across the country, and everyone can relate to this. Well, let me let me ask you a a question here. Have you ever personally dealt with drugs or alcohol as an addiction? I have a family member, a loved one, um, that got pretty deep into addiction. Um, he's thankfully right now in recovery. He's been in recovery for, I want to say, a good two years, 18 months, two years. Um, these stories, when, when I was helping to transcribe them, um, sometimes I would just stop for a minute and I would just have to cry. It felt you feel for the person who is being interviewed and the struggles that they face. And then you also feel that strength and how strong they've been to continue fighting and fighting. Yes. And they've come out yes. on the other side and it gives you so much hope. And it's, it's going from the bottom of the bottom, some of these folks to scraping their way out and seeing that light at the end and then not just only having their own recovery but wanting to share that it's that's bold <laughs> it's bold uh, it's, it's, it gives me chills even just saying it to you right now yeah, yeah. um i'm not sure you know hooray for your people that are interviewing with you they are so brave well, and let's from from the point of view of a person who loves an addict, let me tell you, to feel like I'm not alone that, is huge because sometimes you're too embarrassed. Like if you're out with a group of girlfriends, sure, most likely they know someone who's an addict or has been an addict, or, but it's just not a great conversation. Who's going to bring you know? it up, right? Exactly. This way I can read about other people that have either been through it, which makes me understand my loved one more and not be as angry with them. Or it can help me understand the point of view of other parents that have been through this. And I can see, you know, how they've learned from some of yeah. their mistakes yeah. and how they've, they've persevered through and the difference between enabling and loving. And, you know, there's just so many parts. That's to our recovery. goal. Those things you mentioned are all a part of our goals. I'm glad you picked up on them. I have two final questions for you here, or one in truly a question. Tell the, take a moment and tell the folks about our editor and also about the lady who takes care of our illustrations, our artwork for the cover and the back. Mention them and just give them a sentence or two, please. And that would be an honor. Um, so part of the publishing process is obtaining someone to do cover art. And we uh, used a sweet girl that actually lives in Hawaii. She's a military spouse, and she has six children. Um, she's studying in design, uh, graphic design, and she did our cover. You and I think some of the folks at ABLBH in your office it kind of came up with a concept for the cover and we're able to sort of give her a bit to sketch with. And then she gave us some options 
and we went back and forth a little bit, and I think it's great. Um, she read my folks, vision. If you haven't seen the cover of the the cover itself, is going to get people to pick it up. Um, so, the, real quick, just the cover is is a guy, and behind him is the shadow containing the words of all the things that he's leaving behind with his addiction. And then he's facing these steps of recovery. And when he gets to the top, there's this door with this bright light recovery. And he is going to get there. From and darkness so, to hope. Yes. Yes. Just so that's the, Natalie. Her name's Natalie Haymore. Yes. I'm um, to work that in. Natalie Haymore. And on your recovery website, I don't know her personal website off the top of my head, but I know she would appreciate if you guys go on to the recoveryconversations.org website, you'll see Natalie's bio and her picture and her website. If you ever need any sort of awesome. artwork done, um, she's a great one. Tell so then our we had to find our editor and we found Jim, um, Jim Upchurch. And crazy enough, even though we found him off the World Wide Web, he happens to be only about 90 minutes from me in Franklin, North Carolina. Um, he's a preacher, and he loves to edit as kind of a, a side interest. And when we interviewed him for the job, he immediately wanted to be on board for the same reasons I did. He understands the cause. He understands the, the reach that this is going to have, and he is you know, really proud to be a part of it. Um, he's told me more than once as he's editing that he'll break down sometimes and just the, the movement of his heart and his spirit and, you know, how the empathy of yes. what, what the folks are going through in the story. So, well, listen, yeah. at somewhat as the captain of the team, I've got a good team and I'm proud of them all and appreciate their, their input so much. So here's the final question. As you know, the title of our podcast is Faith in Your Recovery. Melissa, what do those four words mean to you after the work you've been doing on this book and your own life experiences? And you and I both know recovery is much bigger than moving on from alcohol or drugs that would recover from many things in our lives. So what's the title mean to you, Faith in Your Recovery? Well, I think that the faith has two meanings. So faith in your recovery is very spiritual. Um, having faith in God to provide you the ability to do anything is going to result in you making progress towards your goals, right? So there's that piece that I have faith in God that the recovery can happen. And then I also have faith in the recovery system itself, things like this book and ADLBH and um, rehab centers and podcasts. And, you know, I have faith in recovery that it will work. Uh, these folks that are struggling, I just want them to believe and have faith that there are so many places that they can go to find other people that understand them. And every story in this book, there's one theme, and that's support, support, support. It's surrounding themselves with others. Um, and by, you know, reading this book, 
you're surrounding yourself with others and other people's stories and the fate that they had in their recovery worked and it can work for anyone. Amen. Amen. Well said. Thank you. Hey, thanks for your time. Thanks for your work on the book and future <laughs> volumes that we have planned. We'll get you back on here again now that you found out it's not too too scary. Okay. <laughs> scared <laughs> most You're my are, first podcast <laughs> most are but they walk out of here smiling and they were glad they were here so we understand that once again well, you made it easy good deal well god bless thank you take care okay randy you too bye, bye. By our title you may have figured out that we have additional volumes in our future We've already started work on Recovery Conversation with Randy Davis, Volume 2. Our goal for release is early November of this year. November 5, we will celebrate our ninth anniversary on behalf of A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. If you have any questions concerning our organization, you'd maybe like to start a recovery chapter in your community you need a speaker or would like to be interviewed for a podcast, contact us at recoveryconversations.org. We welcome your input, discussion, comments, or questions. Uh, hang with us. Stay in there. Don't give up on the battle. We'll believe in you until you can believe in yourself. We'll be there for you the best we can. We'll be there with you. We just want to see you take the next right step forward and know that indeed addicts do recover. Folks, instead of stopping them from doing that, get in their corner. Risk it one more time. I'm not asking you to enable, but let them know people care. People are there to lift them up. People are there to walk with them. People are there because they care. God bless. You matter. Thank you.